This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and welcome back for another great session. Today, we have the newest group of Emerging Leader Award winners from the CXPA, and I'm really excited to have them joining us along with Derek Iverson representing the CXPA. So what I'd like to do to start off our session today in talking with these emerging leaders as CX professionals is to have them introduce themselves to you. And we have five leaders with us, so I'd like to begin with Gloria. Gloria, welcome and introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, hello everyone and thank you, Bob, and thank you to CXPA for giving us the opportunity to meet with the uh, CX community today and hats off to all of our cohort here, our emerging leaders cohort. I'm Gloria Gupta and I lead service and customer experience transformation at the American Medical Association. It is a 174 year old American institution that's well known for advancing the art and science of medicine. And so we're well positioned to not only structure service as well as our um, customer experience transformation in a very customer-centric mode. Bob? Excellent, thanks Gloria for that introduction. I love the use of the word cohort that I really think that the whole CX community can feel like a cohort and using it to describe the emerging leaders is is really in alignment with that. Next up is uh, Danielle. Hi, Bob. Um, and I agree with that cohort description. One of the best uh, surprises about this award is it's really a, a learning experience over the course of a year rather than a one-time event. And so it's been great getting to know the other emerging leaders as well as um, the many mentors we've had the privilege of meeting so far. Um, so my name is Danielle Whipperfirth. I'm a customer experience architect at Prime Therapeutics. I'm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Prime Therapeutics is a healthcare company that helps people get the medicine they need. And um, we are on the health insurance side of things. Um, and so we are hired by health insurance plans to serve their members. Uh, my role as a customer experience architect is to consult across the company for our various customer types. So of course we think about members or uh, as we call them members, it's patients, but we also think about doctors and pharmacists and um, our health plans and really everybody in the whole healthcare ecosystem because um, everyone's experiences ultimately culminates in what the patient or what we call the member experiences. Excellent, thanks Danielle. And how about Alec? Thanks, Bob, and hello, everybody. This is Alec Dalton. I'm the Senior Manager of Global Quality for Marriott International, leading quality improvement systems and conducting operations research with a fantastic team that works across 7,500 hotels worldwide and 30 leading brands from the Ritz-Carlton to Renaissance Residence Inn. I also serve as the co-founder and principal of the Hospitality Leadership Academy, a consultancy focused in helping uh, businesses from restaurants to retail understand and improve their customer experiences through bespoke training programs and strategy development. And I'm so glad to be here and to be in the company of uh, not only our emerging leaders here, but our broader CX community listening in. Excellent, thanks, Alec and Laura. Hi, Bob, thanks for having us today. 
Um, yeah, so my name is Laura Garvin-Tram. I'm a manager of customer experience strategy at UKG, uh, which is the ultimate Kronos group. Um, so this is an organization that provides HR solutions to um, businesses and, and organizations throughout the globe. And um, what I do and what my team does with CX strategy is partner with um, different business leaders throughout the organization to help um, diagnose and track the customer experience, as well as help architect um, what we want the experience to look like for our customers. Um, and especially as our, our uh, formerly Ultimate and Kronos are two companies coming together recently and helping to um, figure out what that new experience is, is gonna look like. It's two uh, great customer experience focused companies. So it's a really great opportunity. Thank you, Laura and Brandon. Thanks, Bob. So my name is Brandon Schossler. I am in Cleveland, Ohio. We get a lot of that wonderful snow and then also a good summer. So it's like, it's a trade-off. We're just coming out of the summer or the, the winter season right now. And I am a CX process engineer at KeyBank in our commercial servicing line of business where I focus on leading CX transformation projects. So we do a lot of work with voice of the customer and then also taking that data that we're collecting and leading it to drive uh, transformation initiatives and projects. And in addition to that, I own and operate a company called Schossler Enterprises, where we provide performer-centric entertainment for events. And I've been doing that for about 10 years. Excellent. Thanks, Brandon. And also joining us today, as I mentioned earlier, is Derek Iverson with the CXPA. And so I'd like Derek to uh, introduce himself and... Then also, Derek, kind of tell us what this whole emerging leaders thing is from the CXPA. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bob, and thanks for having me again. Um, so hi, everyone. As Bob mentioned, uh, my name is Derek Iverson, and I am a membership community manager with the Customer Experience Professionals Association. Um, so it's, it's really my job to help ensure that all 4,000 of our members represented in over 70 countries is really getting the most value out of their CXPA membership. It's, it's the CXPA's mission to support CX professionals um, and to create a space for them to share and learn and inspire and grow throughout their entire career. And um, it's my pleasure to say that I've been doing that for the past four years now. Um, but uh, essentially, to kind of give you all a quick introduction as to what CXPA's um, Emerging Leader in CX Award is, I should first mention that this is actually a brand new um, awards program. So uh, this is the first cohort of winners that we are excited to uh, introduce to the CX world. Um, but essentially, this initiative of founding the Emerging Leader in CX Award is uh, intended to identify recognize and support the professional development of customer experience practitioners who are new and emerging leaders in the experience management profession. So now you're probably wondering, okay, well, who is an emerging leader? Uh, and CXPA has defined that um, as an emerging leader, someone uh, who is new to CX uh, and is growing their skills in their profession as well. So individuals who were nominated and the individuals who have won this award uh, were practitioners in any organization um, that uh, has brought CX thinking to their brand um, or uh, even new thinking to the entire profession as a whole. So this is a group of individuals who have clearly demonstrated impact on their organization and are leading new initiatives or work streams within it and are you know, um, bringing proven innovations that solve real problems for their, for their business and for um, the CX discipline overall. So this is a great group. I'm really excited to continue to work with them throughout the, the rest of the year. Thanks, Derek. Uh, hard to believe it's been four years. It seems like you've been here forever um, with the work you're doing with CXPA and especially as you, as you talked about the networking groups across the globe now. Uh, Derek's been instrumental in, in uh, supporting those network groups and I can speak um, about that firsthand because I lead a network group in, in Austin. So my first question to this group is one I frequently ask of CX practitioners that, I, that are guests on my podcast 
because it's always interesting to listeners. You know, maybe nowadays it happens more frequently, but rarely did anybody wake up one day when they were in, you know, grade school or high school or, or even college and say, I want to be a CX professional. And yet here we are, we've got emerging leaders, we've got a, a great community of CX professionals uh, across all types of business functions. So it's a growing profession. It's, a, it's what we might call a hot profession in terms of, of having a need for talent within the profession. And so I'm, I, I wanna know a little bit from our emerging leaders, how did you come to be a CX professional? And uh, I thought, let's start with the Danielle and maybe giving us a synopsis of how did you end up here, Danielle? <laughs> Sure, Bob, that is a great question. It's such a fun one to ask in CX world because everybody comes at this from a slightly different place. For me personally, my background was in branding and marketing and sales. I was very interested in understanding customers and finding ways to articulate what an entity offered um, for their particular needs. But an interesting thing has been happening in the last couple years um, with that field. And that is that unlike in the 1950s where a company could just declare that they had the best oatmeal or provided the best oil change and nobody could really question that, obviously social media has emerged as a very powerful force and customers' experiences are now a major element in shaping brand perception and in either validating and enriching the brand that a company puts out into the marketplace or calling that into question. And so I became very interested in the art and science of how do you carefully craft those experiences and um, make sure that the feedback that customers are providing to the marketplace about what you provide is, um, is serving your company and not <laughs> undermining what you're seeking to do. So uh, after business school, I made that pivot and um, it was a challenge. Um, I didn't know that this field existed. I just kind of had faith that there had to be someone out there who was thinking about customer experiences holistically. And so, you know, I emerged from my MBA program when all my classmates were going into these really prestigious consulting careers and things like that. And I, I just, um, I actually moved home and I, started consulting with whoever would work with me. I, I worked um, with a European political party and a luxury grill manufacturer, kind of all over the place, um, and started building my experience in this field and marrying it with my branding background and eventually landed in the company I did. And so to be in this position now where I've not only found this community, but um, been given this incredible opportunity to contribute to um, advance it is really meaningful to me. Excellent, thanks Thanks for sharing that uh, journey, Danielle. And Gloria, how about um, sharing your journey with our listeners? Well, thank you, Bob. Um, it's always interesting to hear how, learn a little bit more about this emerging leader cohort. So appreciate it. I learned a little more about Danielle today than I had known before. <laughs> um, so this is a great way to continue to grow together. Um, I have a very unusual career in that I actually started in dentistry and uh, be, got my graduate degree in higher education leadership and ended up teaching um, in two different dental schools, oral histology and clinical dentistry. And so <clears throat> I was pursuing an MABD um, for a, a doctoral degree in education, but decided that um, I found higher education to be a little bit confining and uh, a little bit predictable. And so I made a career shift. I ended up uh, moving to the um, first to the American Dental Hygienists Association in their research and accreditation area. And then I was offered a position at the American Medical Association where I've been for most of my career after dentistry. And while I've been at the AMA, uh, I was just telling Anita, one of our other uh, mentors in this program that 
I have been able to write every job description at the AMA that I've ever had, except for the one that I entered with. So the AMA has been a large institution that had plenty to offer in terms of career advancement. And uh, I was able to really do pretty much what I wanted to do within the context of a lot of process improvement, a lot of re-engineering. So ultimately, after re-engineering a variety of data procurement, uh, manufacturing, publishing um, projects, I was offered the opportunity to unify all service at the American Medical Association that we provide to members and uh, customers as well as the public. And so over a course of several years, we unified all service and sales and upgraded all of our technology and implemented a contact center of excellence that has maintained accreditation as a benchmark contact center of excellence for many years. Well, that led to being, on, being the voice of the customer at the AMA. Long before I knew there was a voice of the customer program, I think I was AMA's human voice of the customer. So ultimately, as we learned more about customer experience and began this process of trying to engage our members and customers, in an attempt to broaden their experience with the AMA, their reliance, and also their loyalty, I was offered the opportunity to start to explore what CX meant and what it would mean for our organization. And then I was um, given the opportunity to lead CX transformation. I still continue to have oversight of the contact center, which is a big advantage for me when I hear my CX colleagues talking about silos and difficulties in collaboration, because I'm really leveraging all of those relationships to lift our organization up and see if we can uh, move the needle on the experience that we provide. So we're three years into our customer experience transformation. Um, it is based on the six competencies, CX competencies, and we are just chipping away, making agile improvements across the board. And uh, I think we'll be in this for, for quite some time. Gloria, that's a, a great journey and uh, a great plug for the six core competencies of CX. Uh, an unpaid plug, I might add. So thanks for that, Gloria. And Alec, how about your journey? Thanks, Bob. It, you know, it's funny, you, you joked about uh, nobody wakes up in second grade thinking that they're going into CX, but uh, for me, it was fourth grade. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't know at the time it was, uh, it was called CX by any means, but I was in the middle of a family vacation when I, it started to click for me that there was some math going on behind the magic, that there was deliberate effort by organizations like Disney to understand and think about and design and execute customer experiences. And so at that time, I was mostly focused on, you know, fireworks and, and theme park attractions and things of that nature. But as I, I grew to understand a little bit more about the field, I realized that it was a, a foundation in hospitality and in retail and brick and mortar businesses even further beyond that. And uh, so I started studying at Boston University with degrees in hospitality, as well as in general business administration. And along the way, also worked my way up through the School of Hard Knocks, starting in frontline roles in uh, luxury hotels, including with the Disney organization. And for the past seven years, I've been with Marriott. I began uh, working in hotel operations at Ritz-Carlton Properties in Boston and uh, in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., trying to hone skills and understand what are those service philosophies and those quality philosophies behind leading brands like the Ritz-Carlton and Disney. And now for the last four years, I've worked at Marriott's corporate office in the Global Quality Group, uh, trying to think about how we can not only improve guest experiences systematically across all of our different brands or across our food and beverage portfolio services, but how can we also train our hotel operators to think about quality and CX themselves? So a lot of my team's efforts today are focused around developing tools and training and resources and techniques that can help our property operators um, in over 100 countries worldwide 
think about how they can deliver improvements in their own guest experiences. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to leverage both my passion for CX and to share it with others to deliver great guest experiences. Excellent, thanks, Alec. I might have to change then to say, you didn't wake up in fourth grade. Is that what you're suggesting? That I need to do now <laughs> exactly. with my story? <laughs> so, um, how about Laura? Sure, yeah, so, um, uh, I'm yeah, everyone in CX, as Danielle mentioned, has a different path. So I actually, um, I came from academia. So I have a PhD in uh, psychology, developmental psychology specifically. So it was uh, focused mostly on uh, studying two and three year olds and how they learn about other people and from other people. Um, and as I was going along, I realized that I didn't want to, um, didn't think that I wanted to stay in academia for a number of reasons. And so I was looking at, you know, what other opportunities are there. And um, you know, I found some CX positions and I realized it was a really great opportunity to um, make use of a lot of different things that I'd learned in my PhD program. And it was kind of a unique opportunity to bring together some different skill sets. So some of those include um, uh, statistics. So I've spent a lot of time you know, measuring things and, and uh, learning about data analysis, which is a big piece of, of CX jobs these days, um, but also measurement and especially things that are, you know, measuring things that are hard to measure. So what is a two or three-year-old thinking um, or what is a customer thinking? These are things you have to think about what's the right way to measure that and how do we operationalize those things that are kind of, uh, some may say squishy uh, and kind of hard to, to um, really quantify. Um, as well as telling a story with data. So you have these data or even just anything that's kind of complicated and make it something that's understandable to people who don't have expertise in that area. And that's something that's really important as CX practitioners to be able to take our insights that we've gained from customers, from surveys, from interviews, from anywhere else in the data and um, make that understandable to business leaders, um, to frontline employees who are working with the customers. Um, so yeah, so I found an opportunity at Forrester working on the CX index team. And that's where I really, you know, sort of dove into the deep end CX wise. Um, and then a few years later came to UKG. Excellent. Thanks, Laura. By the way, I'm a fan of the CXI. So it's uh, someday we'll have to talk more about that. Yeah, definitely. CX index is uh, uh, near and dear to my heart. I, I would imagine it. It's, it's a really uh, interesting index in terms of... Uh, how it's, how it's created and built. Um, Brandon, why don't uh, you wrap up our career journey here and tell us about yourself? Sounds good. So I started my kind of career journey. So if I take it back to my college career, I was kind of balancing between the study of business administration and kind of running my small business at the time. So basically most of my time was spent doing those two things just trying to kind of figure out where I was going to land in the world at the end of my college career. And as I was going through, I feel like the two common themes that kind of wove together were this connecting with people and impacting, you know, the employees that I was working with. With the small business, I could directly impact that. Uh, same thing when it came to connecting with various customers. So that was kind of a common theme. I couldn't see the big picture at the time. I was just kind of going through the motions. And then I kind of got out of college and looked at it and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to figure this out. I, I was a typical college, you know, graduate thinking I need to get a job in something. And that's when I jumped into retail management. So I jumped into retail management for about a year, enjoyed the people side of it, but really kind of felt like there was something missing. Like this wasn't quite what I was meant to do. I really wasn't enjoying it as much as I should, but I did enjoy working with the people. And then an opportunity had come up to join an organization in the greater Cleveland area that I was really passionate about joining. I had been trying to join the organization for a while. And this was an opportunity to kind of jump into that space, which is in the, te the technology space. And it just so happened that the career was, or the, the job was in CX. I had never really heard about CX as a term before. Obviously, I'd heard about customer service, but I'd never heard about customer experience. And as a part of the application process, my job was to research that and understand it a little bit more so I could do like a more of a formal presentation on it. After doing the formal presentation, that's where I kind of started to really understand a little bit more about what the differentiator of the two was and where the, how the customer experience practice kind of touched that, that basically the, the broader human experience element, which started was really something I was passionate about. 
And after getting that role and opportunity, the next step was kind of going through on that team in the organization, in addition to kind of helping to implement a more uh, connected, closed the loop process that I, I kind of helped steer with one of our larger arms of the business. I was also really passionate about kind of learning more about the practice. And that's what drove me to dive further and further into the CXPA. I was able to, you know, help stand up a local networking group, which absolutely love that group and met some really great people that I still keep in contact with today and really excited for us to be able to do our in-person events again. But it was during that time that I, I kind of learned that there were these, these different routes to take when it came to the education piece. And that's where the CCXP kind of presented itself. So after some time in the field, I really made that decision that I wanted to go for the CCXP. And what was interesting about it is when I did that, I also made the decision that I wanted to go for a certified associate in project management or a CAPM. The reason I thought that that was important at the time was that I had noticed that a lot of the initiatives that my company was thinking about having us go towards in the future, like the larger, bigger picture stuff beyond just the initiative that I had already helped stand up was that they really want to do larger transformation projects. And they kept using the term project. And I kept thinking, okay, there's gotta be a better framework. I gotta be able to learn something here so that when I'm tasked to do a project, I'm not a coordinator kind of trying to juggle a bunch of things at once. I actually have like more project management background and that's what led me to pursue the CAPM. So when I was able to get kind of both the CAPM and the CCXP, we reached a pivotal point on our team where I kind of had to make a decision where I wanted to kind of stick with what we were or kind of take a another opportunity organization that was kind of a little bit more of a career development opportunity. So I moved into innovation and events management. The specific title was R&D events manager. And what I found really interesting about that role was I kind of thought at the time, and I'll be honest, when I, when I got into that role, I thought, okay, am I out of CX now? I don't know what this means. <laughs> but, but really what it was is I learned very quickly the, the role was all about inspiring people in the company to think differently, to be innovative and to challenge the status quo. And the most important piece to do that is to let them to think about the other people that they're serving, develop empathy, get them to connect with the people and to think, I could do this differently because I bet this is gonna help my customer in this way. So I really enjoyed that piece of it. I love the person that I worked for and the, the whole, this, the, the group. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of growth in that group. It was a very new group and, and there wasn't a lot of really good structure around it at the time. And then that's when this opportunity to join KeyBank as a CX process engineer kind of presented itself. And that's where I kind of took a step back and said, okay, this is like really blends the project management with the customer experience. I mean, certifications that I had. So I took that, moved into KeyBank, and now I'm focused on this design thinking, um, driving these, these initiatives that kind of pull from the data that we get from VOC to try and positively impact both the client and the employee experience. Uh, thank you, Brandon. And I think what's fascinating to me is listening to these stories, um, how the, diver the diversity of the backgrounds of our emerging leaders. And what's also curious to me is when we are able to come back together and have uh, Inside Exchange 2022, right, Derek, in, in Orlando, Florida, um, we'll be able to, uh, there's no shortage of conversations that you have with people because it usually starts with, how did you get into CX? And, and that can fill up an evening of learning from one another and the career paths. So that's why I always like to start there. To our listeners, you're listening to a podcast episode of All Things Considered CX. We're talking today to our guests, uh, the newly um, uh, award winners for the Emerging Leaders Award from CXPA. And we're also joined by Eric Iverson, who represents the CXPA. So to our emerging leaders, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some key learnings you've had. And I'll combine two questions here. And what are some key learnings? And, and then uh, of, of being in CX, uh, and then also, what do you see as the future for CX professionals? As you're looking at the world of CX, as you're looking at, at all the things that we've been through in the last year, what do you see as, as some key opportunities for CX professionals? So maybe some of your learnings, and then what do you see as, as opportunities for CX professions and this, excuse me, the CX profession and CX professionals. So um, 
Brandon wrapped us up on the last one. So maybe let's come back to Brandon and, and get his thoughts on this initial, uh, on this new question about learnings and the future of the profession. Sure thing. When I think about the things that I've learned since I kind of got into the CX profession, I think the biggest thing that I learned, and I think I alluded to it a little bit when I talked about the project management piece, was that to me, CX kind of became CX plus, if you will. It's CX plus some other kind of skill and initiative that can help you drive the change that you want to make. A good example is, you know, recently, and this is kind of another segue into where I kind of see the future going is in, in what my team is kind of looking at and what we do at key right now is we're kind of looking at the change management aspect of a lot of these CX related projects that we're kind of standing up. You think about the idea of, you know, you might have the data to support why something is important. You might have, you know, the buy-in from certain leaders, but in reality, you have to, you have to be able to take that project and get the people that are going to be actively doing the work and servicing the customers to care about it and get the customers to care about it. And so there's a huge change management element that I never knew about when I was, you know, first starting out in the career that I felt has become even more important as I've been going along in my career and, and as the, the, the practice has evolved. So it's, it's really that change management. It's about being able to manage the initiative. So kind of like the project management piece of it. And I also feel like at least, you know, in my previous role and in my role currently, there's that treating CX as also a consultancy type role too, of getting that subject matter expertise where whether you're working on a project directly or a senior leader just wants to pick your ear for a couple minutes about like a situation that they're having. I think those two things go hand in hand. And I also think it really helps to build the relationships that are so critical to making your impact when it comes to CX in an organization. And, and it's so true. We talk a lot about transactions versus relationships with customers, but it's also about relationships uh, internally as well and, and successfully navigating those relationships to accomplish what we need to in CX. Um, Laura, Learnings and, and opportunities. What are your thoughts? Yeah, boy, I uh, I completely agree with everything Brandon said. Uh, I feel like he uh, really uh, summarized a lot of things that I completely agree with. And um, you know, I mentioned I mentioned this a bit earlier, but I think um, kind of like Brandon said, a big a big skill that that I've realized how important it is for CX professionals is persuasion. Um, you know, can you tell a story? Can you make what you're trying to to, I don't want to say what you're trying to sell, but the story that you're trying to get people to care about interesting, can you make it make sense? Um, and um, like Brandon said, so much of that is building relationships, but it's also thinking about um, the evidence that you have to support what you're trying to persuade someone about. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm uh, a little biased here. I'm kind of a stats person. So for me, I always think about the data. Um, and I think that's something that's both something I've learned a lot about, but also something that's a big opportunity for CX professionals is really thinking about the quality of our data. Um, are we measuring what we think we're measuring? Are we measuring it in the right way? What other ways could we be measuring it? And then once we have that data, what do we do with it? Um, you know, do we need to partner with the data science team or grow our own data science skills? Do we need to think about how we can analyze that data in a way that's going to be comprehensive and really, um, really helps further our point and really help change minds. Because at the end of the day, what we want to do is make sure that all of the people we're working with, whether that's frontline employees or, you know, the highest up in the company, that they're not just relying on their uh, gut instincts about what they think customers are thinking about or what they think customers would care about or what they would think if they were a customer. We want to make sure they're actually listening to the actual customers. Um, from their mouths as much as we can. And I think that's something that it's sort of our job to be the advocates for the customers. Um, and whether that's through, you know, numbers or through quotations or whatever, really um, amplify what the customers are saying in order to change minds within our company and um, really improve that experience. Laura, that's, that's so true. I, I, I had a, a, an experience where um, uh, a CEO for the company I was working for knocked on my door one day and said, I, I, I talked to a customer yesterday and I was so excited that they had talked to a customer. And the next thing uh, the CEO said to me was, 
And the customer said this, and so I think we ought to change everything we're doing based on one customer interaction that they had. And so I had to kind of be excited by the fact they were listening to a customer, but also temper that with perhaps some data might be good, or so perhaps we should talk to a few more customers and see what they have to say. So I couldn't agree more that data has to be coupled, the quantitative and the qualitative need to be coupled together to create a, a complete um, Gloria, your thoughts? Well, um, I want to, in terms of key learnings, I think probably my, my biggest learning is that <clears throat> CX by nature is agile. You know, by nature, it needs to, we need to think of this as sort of a flexible process. And the reason for that is our customer needs are changing always. And now more than ever, we realize that we can have big environmental shifts that we can, can promote innovation actually, it can be a good thing, uh, but they can certainly um, introduce change to our plans um, and, and change to the way we deliver um, or execute on our brand promise. So um, this actually made me feel better about our program because I felt like I used the term chipping away, um, but we are literally feel like we're peeling back the onion skin on each of these competencies in our CX program. But I think actually that's probably a good thing. And, and so I was affirmed by that learning that we're not off so, so far off track. Um, I wanted to um, add to Brandon's concept of CX plus. I really like that because I do feel that uh, when we think of values that drive our CX um, success, I agree that change management is a really important structure and, and body of knowledge that we need to rely on because it has it's so important for the collaboration that we also need across our organizations. And if we don't manage change well, we don't get the buy-ins that we need. And we as CX professionals cannot lift the bucket, every bucket up the hill. The idea is to, to have an army of those behind us with, with those buckets on behalf of our customers. The one, uh, the future of CX, um, my future I can talk about is that I'm really taking a much closer look at the concept of empathy. So I will tell you that I've had the myopic thought about how we define empathy as how much we care about our customers. And that would make it pretty simple because then we could train agents and marketing staff and sales professionals to care and show that they care. But I'm starting to realize that um, using empathy as a much broader concept and maybe, maybe driving CX of the future and that it's more about using empathy to have really super well articulated journeys across our enterprise. So digging into that, I think we're gonna, you're starting to see a lot of uh, buzz about empathy in our literature. So that's what I'm kind of clinging to at this point is trying to understand that literature and what other people are doing and thinking about that. To that end, I'm gonna put another plug into what I think could help our profession. And that is there's no dearth of content out there Everyone is writing about CX. We've got a lot of great thought leadership, but it's not well-structured. And mm -hmm. I think that if we want to build on what's been done and not sort of fall in the holes of other people and really leverage that content, we could use a better um, content taxonomy and that would provide uh, better accessibility to the, to the updated content and help us continue to really thrive and deliver for our customers and our orgs. Gloria, I couldn't agree more with that. And having served on the CXBA board for a number of years and, and on various committees, that continues to be something that we need to strive for. You're, you're absolutely spot on, especially comes to light at times when uh, I'm mentoring 
uh, a CX professional who says, I want to get ready to take the CCXP, what, what should I do? What should I read? Where should I go to? And it's, it's never an easy answer. So great, great point there. Uh, Danielle, your thoughts. Sure. Um, well, I think what we're hearing and which I agree with is that change management and relationship type challenges are often the things that are the most difficult. It's, you know, the subject matter we can master and figuring out what the right solution might be, but it's, it's the working with others and actually delivering that is where we can get stuck. And I would like to build on that um, with a story. So in my work, um, my team, I, I'm fortunate to be part of a great customer experience team. And we saw the need to investigate opioids in the pain management experience in our company. And um, so we did a research study. We identified a key gap, which is that people have a great macro awareness of the epidemic, but they weren't, didn't necessarily know when they or their family members were actually taking an opioid themselves, nor were they equipped to um, manage that effectively. So there was this big gap and experientially, we weren't meeting their needs to try to fill that gap and equip them to have an experience where they weren't terrified, but where they were equipped to be successful. We were so excited about this finding. We presented it to hundreds across the company and we're, we're really eager to start influencing the way our company um, actually handles opioids and pain management. When we kind of uh, got a slap on the wrist <laughs> to, uh, by the groups in our company that had already been working on opioids had already been doing their own research, much of which um, was uh, overlapped in terms of what was being explored with what we did. And, um, and so that was a, a good lesson because they were basically our keys to impact. They, they were the ones that owned those solutions. And so by kind of completely going on our own and not asking who else should we be talking to or collaborating with, who else has really important questions they might want to know about our members and their perceptions. Um, I think we missed an opportunity initially, but luckily we course corrected and started partnering very in depth with them um, to the point which we were able to impact key products and key messaging and also to deliver value. And so those teams um, saw an opportunity in our insights and now use those to sell our clients on the solutions, being able to say, you know, our customers, this is their need and, and this is their perception and this is why we believe this product is, is so important. And so this was a great lesson to me of, yes, take initiative, don't wait, but collaborate, you know, figure out when is the, when is the right time to start um, connecting with other people in your organization or even outside of your organization that impact the experiences that you're trying to influence um, because you don't want to get so far that they feel left out um, and like you're trying to undermine them. Rather, you know, how can you seek to add value to what's already being done and um, have a greater impact together? So that's been a big um, learning for me, kind of balancing that initiative with collaboration. And in the future, I think that um, I alluded to collaboration outside of your own entity. I believe that most experiences don't live just within one entity. Um, even if you think about a retailer that you think they control a lot of things, they may create their own products, they have their own stores, they still may utilize a separate shipping company or um, you know, contract out different services. And so when you have multiple entities providing services, which is certainly the case in healthcare, how do you think bigger than just your organization? Because I don't know about you all, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of thinking small and just about, you know, what is our little piece of the puzzle um, in healthcare? I wanna think bigger about how do we actually impact the broader experience um, rather than just say, okay, well, we don't directly control that. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. And that's, I think the next frontier for us because that, you know, you've, you run into issues of proprietary information and um, how do you collaborate across sectors, so government and nonprofit sectors, along with the commercial businesses um, that may influence regulations. So lots of questions there, but I'm, 
I like to think big picture about these kinds of things. I think that's excellent advice about where we're headed to, Danielle, is to think big picture. Seeing the forest through the trees is, is really important. Uh, and Alec, uh, you get to close out this segment for us on uh, key learnings and where you think the profession is headed. Happy to round us out. You know, one of the things that, that I often think about is the fact that customer experiences are, are truly very varied and diverse. Uh, oftentimes when speaking with colleagues, we'll refer to customer uh, journey maps or we'll refer to customer journeys outright in the singular. But the reality is that there is no such thing as the perfect customer. And all of our customers go along different journeys, whether it's to procure our own products and services, or like Danielle was also uh, hinting at, to experience a spectrum of products and services uh, from beyond the four walls of our organizations. And so I think something that's really important for, for CX professionals is to think not just about their customer journey, but about customers' lives and lifestyles and how our products and services play a role in delivering value. And um, you know, tangentially to that, I think it's, it's a really important thing that we look at from a framework standpoint, going back to what Gloria said from a taxonomy standpoint, from a framework standpoint, because the world of digital and the internet of things are only increasingly going to proliferate this challenge of complex, robust, um, we often use the word omni-channel experiences. And I think there's gonna be a really big opportunity that's already on our horizon to partner with the, the user experience world and figure out how we can uh, holistically engage customers in the CX using UX. So those are some of the things that, that interest me and keep me up at night at the same time. Well, and I like to tie into UX out because that's been um, a topic of conversation as well because they're oftentimes closely associated with one another. So I, I think your, your point is well taken on that and what the future might hold. So I wanna bring, oh, by the way, I, what I thought was intriguing about your comments was, and I was taking notes and I think Gloria mentioned she liked Brandon, CX Plus, and others were commenting about each other's ideas. And so I was taking notes because I think one of the wonderful things is to learn from others and, and to have you as emerging leaders within the profession speak with such uh, great learnings already on what you've accomplished and, and where you're helping take this profession uh, is really fantastic. And um, I re really appreciate your willingness to share. And so I want to bring Derek back in and talk a little bit about you know, what's next for the Emerging Leaders Program? You know, Derek, it sounds like these aren't emerging leaders anymore. These are the leaders of CX after listening to our podcast today. And then perhaps share with us what's happening in the world of CXPA these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, so, you know, I, I certainly got to say that um, CXPA has been <laughs> very busy uh, this 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 past year. You know, um, we are, we've pretty much just passed the year of the lockdown orders here in the U.S. Um, as well as um, across the globe. So we made it a um, a promise and a priority to be a primarily virtual association through the end of 21. Uh, and the reason that we did that is to ensure that all individuals regardless of uh, location or health concerns that may make joining large gatherings a barrier to participating uh, can do so in the safety and the comfort of their own home. So CXPA's calendar right now is full of virtual learning and networking opportunities that anyone can tune into anywhere in the world. Um, Bob, to kind of go back to your comment about learning from others, um, you know, our, our mentor match program is currently open as well. Um, we are definitely encouraging more mentees to, um, to join the, the program, to create a profile, take a look at our, at our mentoring database to see seasoned CX professionals who, um, who are who basically have their office door open and are looking to connect with um, other people who may be emerging leaders, <laughs> you know, future <laughs> award winners someday. Um, so uh, totally encourage all of you to to take a look and get involved in our mentor match program. Um, also, CXPA right now, we have a ton of different volunteer opportunities that we have just opened up and we're looking for more members to join. So we've opened up submissions for volunteers to join various committees like our 
our Advancing Minority Professionals and CX Committee as we work to promote um, equality and inclusion for all CX professionals. Um, also another big one, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, working on this committee as well and working with volunteers that, um, that, that are willing to raise their hand to participate is, uh, so many of you have, uh, have uh, already known and participated in a CX Day celebration. So CX Day um, is a global holiday that CXPA founded um, almost 10 years ago now. It's always the first Tuesday of every October. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're looking for more volunteers to join the committee and help us lead the charge in planning this year's celebratory events and content as we connect the world's CX professionals together uh, every October. So um, yeah, we have a ton going on. All of it is virtual and I'm looking forward to working with all of our new volunteers with all of our new committees that are um, looking for people to join. That's fantastic, Derek. Thank you. There's never any shortage of the need for volunteers at the CXBA and uh, CX Day 2021 is an exciting uh, way to volunteer as are the others. And to our listeners, if you're not a member of the CXBA, it's a great investment in your future. And please consider joining by going to cxba.org and, and uh, joining our fantastic emerging leaders, as well as all of our other CX professionals in advancing our profession. This has been an episode of All Things Considered CX with our 2021 emerging leaders, along with Derek Iverson representing the CXPA. Thank you to our emerging leaders for sharing your thoughts, your expertise, and your vision for your own role, as well as the role of the CX profession itself. Listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your network and stay tuned for more podcasts, including additional great guests coming up in the future. This is Bob Asman, your host, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, Follow me on LinkedIn and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit CXofM.org for more resources.